What's up everybody? Good morning and welcome to our Sunday morning Water's Edge online worship experience. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For those of you that continue to share these links with other people, thank you for doing that. For those of you that continue to be generous, understand that you're allowing us to help more people, love more people, serve more people, and feed more people, and reach out with this ministry. So thank you so much for being a part of it. We love you all. A few weeks ago, we started a brand new series about having pride and dignity in our local community. Our local community that has been through so very much and the people, many of you in our community, that have been through so very much. We've seen difficult times. We've been through. We have endured difficult times. We've rebuilt. We're still trying to rebuild. We've come back and we're still trying to come back from difficult times. But God has placed you and I here for a reason and for a purpose. We have significance and that's why God has placed us here. And this is why. So we can show God's love to our community and so we can make the kingdom of Jesus visible to our community and so we can help re-inspire some dignity and pride for our community. Something happened to me several years ago that made a lasting, lasting, deep impact on my life. And to be honest with you, most people wouldn't think much about something like this, but it did make a huge impact on me and it was very, very life-changing. I was pastoring at another church just a couple of years before I felt led by God to come back to Lake Charles and start the water's edge. And so this is right when Hurricane Katrina had hit New Orleans and then Hurricane Rita had hit us here. And at that time, I was living in a smaller town not too far from here, and I was pastoring another church. And I had just gotten back after being evacuated, and my house was a mess. It was an older brick home, had a small pool in the backyard, and it was all just ravaged. My backyard was flooded. It had gotten into the back of my house because the pool had flooded. The pool was filled with debris and tree stumps and limbs and all kind of stuff. My backyard was filled with debris. My entire fence was in a million pieces all over the neighborhood. Half of my roof was pretty much gone and damaged. No electricity, no water, no power. A hundred degrees outside, masses of mosquitoes everywhere, and most people were still out of town. Now, at this time in my life, I had been on a journey and I was studying intensely about the life of Jesus in the Gospels. And the one thing that always stuck out to me about the life of Jesus and the love of Jesus was that Jesus would always move towards people and their needs. He would always move towards the need. If someone was blind, if someone was paralyzed, if someone had leprosy, if someone was hurt, rejected, left aside, hungry, judged, then Jesus would always move towards these people and he would move towards their needs. And that was leading me to understand that if we really wanted to show people what Jesus was like, then we had to meet the needs and move toward the needs and serve the needs of hurting people around us in our life. So back to the story, I'm at my house after Hurricane Rita, one day just trying to figure out where do I start? Just looking at everything, not knowing where to start, stressed out, overwhelmed. And so I go into my backyard, mosquitoes are eating me up. Man, it's making me feel like I'm looking like the logo of Apple Computer. I mean, they are getting after me. And I sit down in the grass in my backyard and I just start crying. About that time, I hear two men drive up in their truck. I didn't know them. They didn't know me. They were just two friends that were in that town driving around looking for people to help. They had tools. They had chainsaws. They jumped out of their truck and said, God bless you, buddy. We're here to help. And man, they pretty much cleaned up my entire backyard that day, cleaned out my entire pool, and they put my fence back together. And when they left, they simply said this, God bless you. We're just a couple of guys looking for people to help. We've been blessed. If you know of anyone else we can help, here's our number. And I can remember thinking that day when they left, that was Jesus. 
That's what Jesus looks like. On that day, they showed me. I didn't just hear it, but I saw it. They showed me who Jesus was by serving me with no strings attached. Now, here's a very simple but necessary question. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. What's one of the most important ways to follow the example of Jesus? If we say that we're his followers and we say that we're part of the body of Christ, then we want to follow the example of Jesus. What do we do right now in our life to become more like him? Check this amazing scene out from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 15, and I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return back to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that it had come from God, and he would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin, and then he began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with the towel that he had wrapped around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter postured, you will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well. Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has been bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. This is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right because that's what I am. And since I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Now, notice some key highlights in the story. Jesus is about to be arrested and put on trial publicly, and then he's going to be executed publicly. And Jesus knows it. He knows this. It's on his mind. It's on his heart. It's heavy on his soul. It's producing anxiety in his emotions. Judas, one of his own disciples, is going to betray him. One of his own friends and disciples is going to hand him over to the Romans. Jesus knows this. So all of this anxiety, all of this pain, all of this hurt, all of this heaviness is on his mind right now in this scene. And so during the last Passover meal, with all of this on his heart and heavy on his soul and on his mind, what does he do? He picks up a bowl, a basin, a towel. He puts water in the basin. He stoops down and he begins to wash the feet of his disciples. When he gets to Peter, Peter says, you're not going to wash my feet. Jesus has to correct him. And then he proceeded to serve his disciples by washing their feet. Once he's done, he sits back and he asks him a question. Do you understand what I've just done for you? They understand Jesus is serving them. Here's the king of kings, the son of God, who's stooping down to wash his students' feet. He's the master. He's the teacher. And he's washing the feet of his students. And then he says, I've given you this example of serving others with no strings attached. You go and do the same thing that I've done for you. And this was his example to follow. Notice this and remember this. The most Christ-like people are the people who serve others with no strings attached. After washing his disciples' feet, he says, I've given you this example. Follow my example. In the Gospel of Matthew, 
Some of his disciples are asking Jesus for positions of importance in the kingdom of God. We want to be considered more important than some of the other disciples. Notice how Jesus responds. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it's going to be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must become your second. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 through 28. Notice the highlights. True leadership in God's kingdom are people who serve and they lead by example by serving. And the example that we follow and the example that we live is to show service to others, servanthood, no strings attached. And the greatest leaders in the kingdom of God are in fact those people who know how to place themselves aside and put others first and serve them first. And even the son of God, the king of kings, didn't come here to be served. The king of kings didn't come here to be served, but to serve us by laying down his life as a ransom for the world. Notice how the apostle Peter puts it in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use your gifts. Use your talents. Use your abilities to serve others and to serve them well this is the example of Jesus. Notice what it says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 9. Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. The word blessed right here means happy. Generous people find extreme joy in serving others. Let me say that again. Generous people find extreme happiness and purpose and joy in serving others. Matthew chapter 5, verses 42 through 44. Give to those who ask. And don't turn away from those who want to borrow. You have heard that the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Again, notice the Christ-like example to follow. Serve others, even if they don't deserve it from you. Love everyone and serve everyone, even those people that would consider you their enemy. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16. And don't forget to do good. And don't forget to do good and to share with those who have needs. Jesus always moved towards the need. These are the sacrifices that please God. This is what pleases God, making sacrifices so you and I can serve others. And I'm sure that we all want to please God. So where do we start? Serving others in a sacrificial way with no strings attached. We could go on and on today with more and more verses about how important it is to follow the example of Jesus and serve others. But let me just share my heart with you right now. I know what some of you are thinking because I think this all the time. And sometimes it's easy to fall into this trap and think this. And notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. A lot of people think this and feel this in their heart. I can't really focus on serving others right now because of all the personal difficulties that I'm going through right now in my life. And honestly... That's a very normal way to feel. And the reason why it's normal is because we all go through overwhelming times and we all go through difficult times and sometimes it's just too much. But let me ask you, what are you going through right now in your life that's difficult? What are you going through right now in your life that's overwhelming and stressful, heartbreaking, painful, emotional? What personal battles are you dealing with right now in your life that make you feel alone and afraid, that make you feel uncertain and rejected, that make you feel not good enough and overwhelmed? Now, let's go back to the example of Jesus. Jesus is at the last Passover meal with all of his disciples, and this is what's on his mind. He's about to be betrayed 
by one of his closest friends and closest disciples. He's about to be denied by a, by a disciple who's even a closer friend and a closer disciple. He's about to be arrested. And then he's about to go to the cross. Before the cross, put on trial, tortured, beaten, spit on, ridiculed. I mean, just put through the weight of the world. And this is what's on the mind of Jesus at the last Passover meal. And while all of this was on his mind, and while all of this hurt was heavy on his soul, what did Jesus do to deal with it? What did he do to cope with it? What did Jesus do when the cross and the pain of the cross and denial and betrayal and rejection was heavy on his heart? What did he do to get out of a dark place and get into a better place in his heart? To get out of an anxious place and a fearful place and a lonely place and into a better place in his heart? This is what he did to counterattack that battle in his mind and in his heart. And remember this today. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. He took the focus off of his pain by serving others who had needs. In this moment, with the cross on his mind, Jesus stoops down at the last Passover meal and washes his disciples' feet. He took his mind and heart off of his pain and he placed it on focusing on meeting the needs of others. And I found that one of the greatest things that helps me get my mind and my head and my soul and my emotions out of my hurt and out of my pain is when I can place myself aside in a sacrificial way and focus on serving those around me that are hurting and they have needs. And that always gives you purpose to stand back up again. So that leads me to another familiar question. This is what it is. What in the world does that have to do with our vision here at the Water's Edge? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's very simple. I'll explain it with just a few quick observations. Notice this, number one. The church is the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, Paul says this, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. We as the church are the visible example of the hands and the feet of Jesus. When people look at the church, they should see the church acting in a way that Jesus would act, and that should be visible, loving other people, teaching other people, discipling other people, and serving others as the hands and the feet of Jesus. When we come together on Sundays, when we come together during the week, we are coming together as the literal body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus. Number two, serving others tears down walls. Like we talked about last week, a part of our vision is to tear down walls between God and people who've been made to feel far away from God. People have needs, people have hurt, people have heartache, people have fears, people have doubts, adversities, devastation, hurt, people are overwhelmed. And sometimes when someone else shows up with a heart full of love, grace, compassion, mercy, and servanthood that's unasked for with no strings attached, then that is what helps them see who Jesus is and it just tears down the walls. Number three, we serve so we can make his love, his kingdom, and his example visible. We don't want our city and our community to just hear it from us, to just hear God is love, God is gracious, God forgives, God cares, God is good, God's a compassionate father. We don't want them to just hear that from us. We want them to see it, and we want them to see it because we're literally the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, I love this passage. Notice what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. You 
or the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Nobody lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket or a bowl. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see, not hear, but to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father in heaven. We let our light shine out and this is why, notice this today, if you're still with me, say I'm still with you, for all to see. So we can make it visible for all to see. Why? And Because when they do, they glorify God because they finally see God. The reason why Jesus says they will glorify God is because when they see our good works, it'll help them see how much Jesus really loves them. We're his body, we're his hands and feet, and our city doesn't just need to hear it, they need to see it. Now, Here's where the impact comes in. Yes, as people who follow Jesus, you and I are called to serve the other people around us in our personal lives as individuals. But what happens when a church comes together and we do this bigger together? What happens when we come together bigger together and we make the love of God visible by serving others? This is what happens. Then we don't just show certain people who Jesus is and certain people don't just see God but then an entire city sees God and they see who Jesus is. Now, let's come back to you. What adversity or battle are you facing right now in your life? What are you going through? What cross are you trying to bear? Whatever it is, I'm sure it's tough and difficult and uncertain and overwhelming at times. So Tony, what's a good way to cope with what I'm going through? Follow the example of Jesus. When the cross was on his mind, Instead of letting that destroy him, he placed himself aside, he stooped down, and he washed his disciples' feet. When we serve others, it always gets our head and our heart and our soul out of our own pain. And it helps us rise up again and live with purpose. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We love you. Hope you have a great week. Hope to see you back next week.